All right. We're going to get a, I love it. I, lo I think I say it every week. It's just, it's fun to see all everybody interacting and spending, you know, getting to know each other, doing a, a little family, family catch up. But um, I'm excited for today's message. But before we get into it, uh, I've got a couple of announcements. If you're a first time guest, please uh, go to the back, grab yourself a bag. There is a gift in there for you. If you would uh, also go to LifeChurchUtah.com and let us know that you are here. That way we can keep in touch with you and uh, let you know what's coming up, what's going on. Uh, and then your tithes and offerings. If you have any gifts that you would like to give, back at the, the kiosk, you can give there or you can give at LifeChurchUtah.com. Um, we originally had a prayer night planned for tonight. But because of different uh, circumstances, we have pushed it to next week. So October 11th, we are going to have a prayer night here. It's Sunday night at 5 p.m. Uh, it's going to correlate with um, our country, with everything that, that's going on. We're going to be praying for our leaders for the upcoming election. And, and uh, just really encourage you to be here. I think it'll be a good evening of prayer, reflection. And uh, some good songs that I've got lined up. Uh, then I want to invite you again to a worship night at the West Valley Campus. This uh, Wednesday on the 7th at 7 p.m. They will also be having a prayer and worship night. And that one's, it's kind of a big to-do. They get the whole worship team there. And it's, it's a great night of worship, reflection. Uh, the same thing, but uh, just want to let you know that you are, that it's happening. You're invited to go to it. I'm going to try to be there, uh, but with work, um, might not be able to make it. But if you can be there, I encourage you to be there. I believe you will be blessed by it. And then you may have noticed when you came in the door, we have uh, some boxes there for our trunk or treat. Uh, we are in the planning stages, the preparing stages of doing a trunk or treat here in our parking lot for our neighborhood. Um, it'll be fun. We're planning on 10 cars. Uh, we'll have a kettle corn trailer here. Uh, so it'll be, and then Tiffany, she made this really cool cutout, she, a drawing for people to put their faces in to take pictures, and it's, it's really cute. Uh, but if you could make a donation to help us with that, because we need to fill 10 trunks full of candy. And I've learned a new thing. Candy's like on its way out. It's not the thing for Halloween anymore. Uh, a lot of people give trinkets, uh, little toys, or school supplies. So you don't have to be restricted to just candy. I guess a lot of parents don't want their kids getting hyped up on sugar and then trying to send them to bed. I mean, it's un-American. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you have any uh, donations, uh, I encourage you, please give there, um, you know, as an offering above your tithes and your offerings, and I, and, and I know God will bless you for it. Now, for the last several weeks, I think we're in about week eight of this, this series, we've been going through the book of Galatians, and uh, I, I said it uh, a couple weeks ago, th this has really been a good study for me that really has challenged me personally and 
really have, you know, had me take inventory of my own life and where I'm at and, and what I'm doing. And, and a little recap, you know, three weeks ago we looked at how our freedom is our opportunity to love one another through service. That our freedom isn't to be used to gratify me and myself, but it's to love and serve other people. And a couple weeks ago we looked at who we are led by determines the fruit we bear. That inside of us there's this conflict. That we're constantly fighting between our, our sinful nature and, and the spirit. And we decided, I decided, that I wanted to be a person that was led by the spirit. That the fruit of the spirit would be evident in my life. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And then last week we looked at how through relationships, freedom and restoration are possible. That when someone we know, when a fellow believer falls into a, a, a temptation to, to sin, that we as the body are supposed to come in humbly and gently, lift them up, encourage them, and uh, help restore them back into their faith into Christ. And all of this study uh, has been wrapped up in Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, that says, For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery that God desires for us to live in freedom, freedom from the law, freedom from sin, shame, guilt, that he wants us to live a life that produces good fruit. And uh, that, that, that's, that's where we're, we're trying, that's what all these principles have been pointing us to is this life in freedom. Now, ever since my Ava Jane has gone to school, uh, I've been quite impressed with how much she learns and how much she comes back telling me what she has learned. You know, I think the school that she attends really, and her teachers have told us, it really lends to helping her advance and, and move forward and learn, and they allow her to move at her own pace. So if she is ahead of the class, they move with her. And, and you know, it's helped me realize that her... her she. Her potential is limitless, that she could really do whatever she sets her mind to. And uh, one day she came home and just starts talking my ear off about how much she learned about plants and how we need good soil and we need water and we need sunlight and we have chlorophyll that is the that brings out the color of the plants. And it was just, it was one of those things where it's like, there's, there's times it's like, really? So I'll look it up. I'll Google it. Oh, yeah, she was right. And so uh, kind of the same thing. Now, a side note in this story, and this is not a character trait they got from me, maybe from Allison, maybe a great-grandma, grandpa. They love fruits and vegetables. Like it is their go-to. Now, that's not to say they don't like candy, but in all honesty, if you put a tray of fruits and vegetables on a table, and candy, they will devour the fruits and vegetables before they touch the candy. And that, that's not this guy right here. I, I eat apples and corn and potatoes, some tomatoes. But as a, an example, the other day we went after church, we went to Denny's. And we were having, most of us were having breakfast. And Harrison tells me he wants chocolate chip pancakes. And you get to choose a side. So I'm like, well, do you want eggs? Do you want bacon? Do you want sausage? He's like, no, 
I want broccoli. <laughs> You're having pancakes. But broccoli doesn't go with that. So do you want eggs? Do you want bacon? Do you want sausage? He's like, no, I want broccoli. So sure enough, we ordered broccoli. The first thing he ate was broccoli. And then he drank the liquid out of the bowl it came with. Uh, they, they love their fruits and vegetables. So now Ava comes home talking about plants and all of these things and how she wants to start a garden. So Daddy... Will you make me a garden? Almost begging. And I was like, you know, this is just a phase. She doesn't want to do a garden, so I pushed it off. If you could hear her, she says, yeah, for two years. I was like, this is, and so we get through the winter, tw spring 2020, and she's like, Dad, you making my garden? All right, all right. It's, we're not going to get through this phase unless I actually build it. So I made these garden boxes. And we planted the seeds, and, you know, do you guys garden? Like, I was like, okay, boxes are built, dirt is in, seeds are in the soil. We're done, because the sprinklers will hit it. We don't need to water it. Come late summer, early fall, I've got vegetables just, whoa. It is not magic. It is not, it is, it is hard work. I mean, I learned that you have to prune, that you have to thin, that you have to, and the thing is, so we got some carrots, but because I was a poor thinner, you don't want them to grow too close. If they grow too close, they don't grow to size. So those carrots should have been about two inches longer, but they were so crammed together, they couldn't grow. And then I learned cucumbers, they grow in a, a, like a, almost like a vine type of thing, and they have one sun leaf, and then they have the flower that turns into the cucumber, and it's got this little sprig that grows to help balance it and support it and man I had that that's on the right side in that box that is one cucumber plant that has wrapped all the way around needless to say the garden was a failure but <laughs> there was there's so much to it you know and, and, and a couple weeks ago we pulled all of our carrots and we got one cucumber and our our peppers didn't grow any taller than like four inches and so then I was like, you know what, that's it. I'm just throwing tomatoes in there. So I planted tomatoes at like at the end of July, so I doubt we'll get any. That's the, the plants on the other side that are really tall. But anyway, the thing that was cool about it is me and the kids got to see firsthand that when we sowed these seeds into the soil with the right conditions, with some help, it helped produce some vegetables. It was nothing like we thought it would be, but... We did get some vegetables, and I'm, I'm committed. Next year is going to be the year. We're going to have tomatoes and carrots, and we're going to do well. We're going to have green beans. Like, our green beans didn't really grow anything, but we are, I'm committed. It was her thing, and now it's like, I'm going to do it, because I can't, I can't fail at it. But anyway, have you guys ever gardened before? Everyone's like, oh, yeah, that ain't, that ain't that hard. Well, because you were successful, successful I'm going to hit you up. So please impart your wisdom upon us as we uh, do our gardening. But you may have deduced that today we are going to be looking at the principle of sowing and reaping. The text we will be reading is Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 through 10. 
And as I was putting this together, I was bouncing ideas off of Allison. And what we, I finally came to uh, was this, this phrase, the character you desire is contingent on what you sow. That the character you desire is contingent on what you sow. So let's look at verses 6 through 7. And they say this, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he reap. That will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary of doing good. For in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. Let's pray. Father, again, I thank you for your word, and I thank you for the principles that it teaches us, that it encourages us, that it, it stretches us. And I pray this morning that as we go through this principle of sowing and reaping, that you would, that you would challenge us that you would help us to hear and understand and see what your word is saying, and that you would help us to apply it to our lives, that we could live the life that you have designed for us, that we would live by your ways. We thank you, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, if you go through and you read this quickly, there's more weight to it than a casual reading would, would lend you to. And as we break down what Paul has written, we'll see that there are principles in there that should guide our lives, that the decisions we make greatly influence who we are or who, how we love or how we give or how we respond to people and ultimately how we live our lives. So let's start with verses 7 through 8. I'm going to read those again to you, and it says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he reap also. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. So we start with right out of the gate. Do not be deceived. God will not be mocked. Now, why will he not be mocked? Because here lies a principle that will not escape any of us. We can't outrun it. We can't ignore it. We can't turn from it. It's a principle that applies to every human. And Paul hits us in between the eyes with it, that what we choose who will affect who we are, that it will affect our heart. It will affect our spirit. And it's a principle that, that God will not allow himself to be mocked at. We can't fake it. We can't fake it till we make it. It's either we're genuine or we're not genuine. We can't ride the fence. We, we, we can't be on one side or the other. We have to make a decision. And I really like the way the Amplified Version put it. And um, I, as I'm studying, I'll, I'll read like six, seven different versions of the same verses to see how they correlate one with another. And I really like how the Amplified Version put this. It said, do not be deceived or deluded or mis uh, and misled. God will not allow himself to be sneered at, scorned, disdained, or mocked by mere pretensions or professions or by his precepts being set aside. He inevitably deludes himself who attempts to delude God. 
For whatever a man sows, that and that only is what he will reap. For he who sows to his own flesh, lower nature, sensuality, will from the flesh reap decay and ruin and destruction. But he who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. Here we see that who we are, that is our character, has eternal ramifications. You know, what do we see here? When we sow to the sinful nature, when we sow to the flesh, we can have everything that the world has to offer. We can have the party life. We can live the illicit life with as many partners as we want, the, the quote-unquote, the fun life. Then we live the broken life, the life without peace, the hopeless life, the, the, the life that, that doesn't seem to have purpose. I, I couldn't imagine being a person that thinks that my life has no meaning, that I am here just because I evolved from something. No, you see, God designed us with a plan, with a purpose. He gave us life to fulfill that purpose. And when we sow a life into the flesh, while it may seem like a good time, we are truly sowing destruction. And it, it, it can't just be something that is overcome with mere words. Like I said, we can't fake it till we make it. We can't overturn it. We, 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 we sow, and what we sow affects who we are. And here's the saddest thing about all of it, about if we sow into the flesh, when we choose to gratify that side of us, we delude ourselves. You see, we aren't who we were meant to be because, as I said, God has designed us with a purpose, with a plan. He said so himself that he has a plan for us to give us a, a future, to prosper us, to bless us. You see, when we have everything the world has to offer, we forfeit everything God has promised. We give it. We trade it. We give up our place in the inheritance that we talked about a few weeks ago, that when we become a part of God's family, the inheritance that God has promised to Israel becomes ours. We forfeit that. You see, we forfeit a life that has peace, that surpasses understanding. That even though I'm going through this situation, I can be at peace because my God is with me. I forfeit strength when I am weak, that when I feel like I can't make it, my God is there to strengthen me, to lift me up, to encourage me. I forfeit hope when all seems hopeless. I forfeit love that knows no limit and grace that covers all mistakes, mercy that never ends. I forfeit a relationship that we were designed for. You see, who we are, what our character is, has eternal implications. For if we sow the Spirit, we reap from the Spirit eternal life. My friends, it does not matter your ethnicity. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter your socioeconomic background, if you're a believer, a non-believer, a Republican, a Democrat, an independent. This principle applies to everybody. The character you desire is contingent on what you sow. The character you desire is contingent on what you sow. That leads us into verses 9 through 10. And they say this, And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. Now, because there is weight with what we sow and reaping, 
Paul hits us with an encouragement. He reminds us that, that hope isn't lost, that we, we shouldn't give up, we shouldn't quit. Because in due season, we will reap. If we don't give up, we will reap a good harvest. You know, I want to spend a couple of seconds here talking about the word good. What does Paul mean when he says doing good? Well, the English translation, and I didn't put this in there. Uh, the English definition of, of good is to be desired or approved of or having the qualities of a particular role. And for some reason, I just felt like that didn't carry what Paul was trying to get across. So I did some digging and I went back to what it said in the Greek. And the word that Paul uses is kalon. And kalon simply translated means beauty. But when the Greek philosophers would use this word to describe someone, it was more of a, a beauty or an admired, to be admired intellectually, physically, or morally, that it was something inside of you. It was your character. It was who you are. To help understand that to what, what I'm trying to say, think of it this way. Allison's Callan is the reason I married her, those strong morals, her stunning eyes, and the off-the-charts IQ combined to make her the perfect spouse. The things that make her who she is makes her the perfect spouse. So how does this apply to us? Well, see, right now we live in a world that is so focused on external beauty. It is so focused on what I look like, what I wear, what my hair looks like, and, and all of these things. And in and of itself, those aren't bad things. It is, it's, there's nothing wrong with wanting to dress your best, to look good, to have a, a cute hairstyle, uh, to be fashionable. I am like fashion backwards. I, I've been wearing the same clothes for a decade. As long as it fits, I'll wear it. If it doesn't have holes, so I, I am not very fashion forward. But those, it's not a bad thing. But I think what we've done as a society is that's become our goal. That's become what we want. That's what we want to attain. We I mean, people spend hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars on plastic surgery to try to look like someone else. And it's like, no, you're beautiful as you are. God has designed you and created you that way. And that shouldn't be our main goal to try to just make sure we look good on the outside. We need to be focused on the beauty that's on the inside, who we are, our character. And we need to sow into that character the things that build us up in the spirit. You know, when Paul says, let us not grow weary in doing Callan. Let us not grow weary in living a life that is beautiful on the inside. Living a life that sows into the Spirit. Well, why does he say that? Because in due season, we will reap. In due season, we will reap a harvest. You know, this year has been a year for many. Like, I was telling my boss, if we just get to 2021. Just for some reason, we feel like when, if we can get through January 31st and hit January 31st, December 31st and get to January 1st, it's like it, it magically goes away. You know, this year has been hard, you know, between COVID and wearing a mask all the time and people not working, not being able uh, to be with friends, family, the political nonsense that's going on personal conflict it feels like we're getting hit on every side 
You know, some of us are busier than we want to be. Some of us need something to do. Some of us need a break. Some of us are tired of the break. Some of us are broken. Some of us are confused. Some are hurting. Some are wanting to give up. So I, with Paul, tell you, don't grow weary. Don't lose heart. Keep up the faith. You've got this. God has not left you. He has not forsaken you. you he may be pruning you. He may be stretching you. He may be challenging you, but he has not left you. He loves you. He is there with you. He says that if we are weary, he will give us rest. That if we are heavy laden, he will give us peace. He reminds us to cast our cares upon him because he cares for you. In due season, you will reap. This too shall pass. Don't give up. Don't walk away. Be strong and courageous. You know, this last week I was at work and I messaged Allison and I was like, I just can't today. It was one of those days where it was like, I just, I can't. And she wrote back, ditto. <laughs> and it was, you know, and I, I, I messaged her, I'm like, I guess we better be praying for each other then. But it was one of those days where it was just like, man. I don't have the energy, I don't have the motivation, I don't have that internal drive, and some of these verses started coming to my mind, you know, cast your cares on me, I will give you rest, and I was like, God, how? How? And as I'm trying to install a machine at work, God starts talking, you know, to my spirit, he's like, I told you, I will help you rise up on wings like eagles. I told you I would give you rest. And I, all of these verses started coming into my mind and into my spirit. And as I was reflecting on those, I found myself, my attitude changed. And, and, and I was encouraged and I was built up. And, and that can't be there if we don't sow into that. If we don't put those promises into our hearts, into our spirits, we cannot recall it when we are in that moment of, I just can't. So we need to sow into that. We can't grow weary of doing that. And then Paul tells us, so then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, especially to those who are of the household of faith, as we have opportunity. Now, this good that he's talking about now is actually not the same good he said in the previous sentence. And you got to love the English language where you can have one word mean 75 different things. Greek language seems to have like a word for everything. So Paul actually uses a different word here. And in the Greek, it's agathon. And it means good, benevolent, kind. How do we sow into our calendar, into our character, with our agathon, with our kindness, with our goodness, by living a life of sowing into the Spirit? When we focus on other people, loving other people, serving other people, when we focus on things of heaven, we are sowing into who we are. We are sowing into our character. We are sowing into our spirit. It becomes who we are. You know, yesterday was, it was, a, it was a good day. It was a busy day, but we had a, 
an opportunity to go to 180 Ministries in Urda and serve the girls down there. And uh, we had a team from our campus go down, and they, we met up with a team from the West Valley campus. And I don't, maybe 50 people? I mean, it was a good team. And, and we were there doing all sorts of cleaning showers, doing gardening, uh, changing out faucets, getting lawnmowers started, getting trucks going. I mean, just, they have five acres, and it is, they, there was a, a lot of work to do. And something that came to my mind um, when I came home after being there and I was finishing up this message was this, that some of those girls, maybe all of them, we don't know, are not believers. They are there against their will. They are there because they have made decisions where parents either say, I'm sending you there, this is the last hope, a last chance. Some, even when Allison worked there, they were sent by the court system, like, these girls need help. And, you know, something that I, I started to think about is we spoke louder than any sermon, any talk, any teacher, any preacher, any group of uh, any, anything we could say because a group of believers came into their home without any condemnation, without any judgment to serve them. We were there to give to them. We weren't there just to say, I love you and Jesus loves you. We were there to show them Jesus loved them. We gave them our agathon. We did good to them. And when we do this, we make an impact on heaven. But like I said last week, there's something, by the way, God designed things that when we serve other people, it does something inside of us. It impacts us. It changes us. This is why Paul tells us, every opportunity you got, do it. Do good to people. Serve people. Love people. When we do this, our faith is built up. We are encouraged. We are blessed. We are reminded of God's love and how it affects us and affects other people and how it affects our character. And to, to remind you, uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58, Paul wrote this, Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. In 1 Corinthians 16, 13 through 14, he said, Keep alert, stand firm in your faith, be courageous, be strong, let all that you do be done in love. And in Philippians, he said, he wrote this in chapter 2, that you may be blameless and innocent, children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast to the word of life. When we do these things, we shine bright in a world that doesn't know, in a world that doesn't get it. So my friends, I say again, the character you desire is contingent on what you sow. The character you desire is contingent on what you sow. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this principle. I, I thank you that it's clear that the person I want to be, if I want to be as you have made me, 
I need to sow into those things. So I pray, let this principle impact us. May it challenge us. I pray, Lord, that we would grab hold of how we sow into our spirit, how we sow into your kingdom has eternal implications. So I pray, Father, that you would speak to us, challenge us, encourage us to move forward and to continue to sow into our spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. My reflection and challenge for you is this. My friends, we know when we are sowing into the sinful nature and we know when we are sowing into the spirit. When I planted carrots, I did not expect potatoes. And when I planted cucumbers, I did not expect kumquat. While there weren't many of any of them, I was not expecting something that I did not plant. We will sow what we reap. What does that mean? And we will reap what we sow. Thank you. Okay. But what does that mean? What does that look like in my life? The movies I watch. The music I listen to. The, the people I interact with. The stuff I see on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. All of these things are feeding into my spirit. So we must be intentional. We must be vigilant. Trust me, the enemy is not going to let you go without a fight. He wants you to stay down. He wants you to stay defeated. He wants you to be down and out. So we have to be intentional. So feed your Callan. Feed that inner beauty with God's word, with prayer, with fellowship, with things that build you up. So reflect on the things that you are allowing into your life and weigh them. What is it feeding? What is it feeding? And then I challenge you to make a change. Change those things. And then give your agathon away. Give to people. Serve people. Love people. Be kind. Give away your benevolence to everyone. In this you will grow in faith and you will be sowing into eternal life. If we are that church, we will see people come to know him. We will see people living the life that God has called them to live. Because that's who our God is. Amen? Amen. Now, two things. Number one, I forgot to announce. If you want to do home groups, we have sign-ups in the back. If you want to help with our trunk or treat, we have a sign-up back there also. Please sign up for those things and, and, and get involved and help out with that. And on another note, it is little Michaela's birthday. So... Michaela, would you be embarrassed if I had you come stand up here? Yeah. This is our birthday girl. Let's sing happy birthday. Ready? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Michaela. Happy birthday to you. Yay! Now, because it's her birthday, they have brought cupcakes for the kids. So, <laughs> adults, stand back. If there's any left, I'm sure they'll share. But kiddos, we have cupcakes for you. So, 
I thank you for being here. Kiddos, grab a cupcake. I love you, and I can't wait to see you next week. God bless.